Welcome to a special edition of The Scoop right here on CFRC 101.9 FM. I'm Dinah Jansen. And today we're talking about Street Health Center and the recent release of a new single called Emergency to Emergency by local band The Gertrudes, who have emerged from hiatus to release a new single on December 11th, 2020, with proceeds going to support the Street Health Center right here in Kingston. And with me in the virtual studio, I'm pleased to welcome Brittany Kudo, manager of Street Health Center, alongside Greg Tilson, esteemed local artist, arts organizer, and member and co-composer of the Gertrudes. Welcome to both of you. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks, Dinah. Now, Brittany, thank you so much for joining us in this conversation today. For our listeners, can you tell us about Street Health Center and the many health services it offers? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Street Health Center is really focused on harm reduction practices. We're looking at creating low barrier services for all of the folks in the community who are experiencing substance use, who um, need support with their um, substance use, as well as those who are homeless or underhoused, those who have recently been released from incarceration, um, who are working in sex work, uh, just vulnerable folks that need some extra support. So we have a range of services to support them. So we do have a um, opioid substitution therapy program as well as Hep C program counseling. Um, we do some clinical work um, in terms of acute and episodic care. As well, we have uh, one of our programs is our consumption treatment services which supports uh, individuals to use safely in the community. As well, we provide naloxone uh, kits and training, and we really just provide basic um, support and practical assistance as needed for the individuals themselves. Okay, thank you for that. Now, Wendy Vike, the Director of Community Health for Kingston Community Health Centers, stated in a recent media release that the COVID-19 pandemic has really highlighted some gaps in our social safety net and infrastructure. And as we move into the colder weather, our most vulnerable populations remain at risk. Brittany, can you tell us about what gaps in access to health care COVID-19 has revealed and what risks vulnerable community members face in light of both COVID-19 and the colder weather. Absolutely. So I think some of the gaps um, that Wendy is speaking of is just the access to service that people have, as well if uh, individuals don't have access to phone or computers, it gets even more increasingly difficult to um, have appointments, to make their appointments, to be able to access service right when they need them. So that was one of the things that was very important for street health is that we kept our doors open the entire pandemic, as well as being able to modify our services to support those in the community, um, ensuring that people could still come into the building and making sure that, you know, our appointment times were still available at the exact same time that they needed them. I think the pandemic really exasperated um, the the vulnerabilities in, that people are facing during COVID um, and the vulnerabilities the health system kind of creates for those folks who also, uh, often have difficulty accessing mainstream healthcare. Um, so I think COVID has really created this um, sort of this whirlwind of difficulty for people and challenging um, access points for folks. Um, I think we I think COVID has really um, sort of hindered their ability to access services with 
um, businesses closing their doors or with turning virtual for many appointments and whatnot. So I think we've really tried to ensure that we are still open along with the integrated care hub to be able to have one spot for people to access services. Thank you so much for that. I'd like to talk now a little, if we can, about issues of stigma, especially that related to mental health and substance use. How can we as a community combat stigma and other ill treatment of people who may be in need of street health services? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really think we just need to change the way that we're thinking about mental health and change the way that we're thinking about substance use. I think this becomes even more apparent with the pandemic as people need to modify their coping strategies with doors closing, gyms closing. Um, you know, more and more people are experiencing what our folks have always experienced, right? And so anxiety has increased, uh, loneliness has increased, self-isolation has increased. And this really, really speaks to the pandemic and what it's like for um, individuals to live in tri in limited service areas. Um, I think that stigma itself, it's just all about, you know, stopping people in their tracks if someone starts to make negative comments or if, um, you know, folks are bringing up, you know, negative pieces about mental health or substance use. It's really just about education, making sure that people understand why folks are in the positions that they're in. And it's not necessarily about choice, but it's about the challenges that they have faced in their lives. Mm -hmm. Okay, so thank you very much for these important insights. I'd like to now pivot over to the Gertrudes and their new single titled Emergency to Emergency Supporting Street Health Center. But before doing that, Greg, can you talk about the band and its history and ultimately how the Gertrudes came to collaborate with Street Health Center? Sure. So the Gertrudes have been, I th we often call ourselves more of a collective than a, than a band just because there's just a lot of rotating characters that are coming out of quite a large number of people. That's sometimes over a dozen. And yeah, we've been making music in Kingston for over a decade. Uh, and uh, we're working on our fourth album now. And um, this particular song is coming on the heels of uh, another song that we partnered uh, with residents uh, who were uh, living at the, the Bell Park encampment. Um, and we wanted to engage in that conversation and uh, show our support uh, for people that were experiencing homelessness and kind of raise awareness about the homeless housing crisis in Kingston. And so, um, yeah, we've, we've just find ourselves recording again, writing songs again after a bit of a hiatus, like you say, um, and we're writing about what we see, right? We're writing about our experiences. We all live in this Skeleton Park neighborhood north of north of downtown. And um, like Brittany has been explaining, um, these tough times and people that are really suffering and we see them and they're our friends and they're our family and they're people in our neighborhood. And I'm glad you mentioned stigma, you know, like it's it's hard to draw the, the, the line. Like we're all kind of, <laughs> on the spectrum right of of mental health and addictions and all these things it's not necessarily just a particular vulnerable group of people but certainly that's who is at the forefront of our thinking with this particular song is that people that were already at risk or vulnerable my gosh like what a what a terrible time to have a decrease in support and a, de a decrease in the ability to like um, receive help and receive services and so 
this particular song is, you know, Emergency to Emergency is the name of it. And, it, and it's touching on both people that are in the band in our lives and but also people that we see around the community and it was such a great opportunity to to reach out to people we knew at street street health center and and just say hey like we want to make the content of this song real and we want to provide our our friends and our neighborhood an opportunity to like purchase the song and with all proceeds going to provide those services that are needed now more than ever. Great. Now, Greg, can you tell us a little bit about the song title itself, Emergency to Emergency? And maybe can you give us a hint about the lyrics? We'll have an opportunity, of course, to listen to the single at the end of the program, but maybe you can give us a little taste of what listeners can expect. Yeah, sure. It was just a line that a, a friend of mine said in passing of what his experience was right now, that he was just living from emergency to emergency. And I and I thought, wow, that really sums it up, you know, like this particular person, um, his, you know, his, his, his family was, was breaking up, um, you know, the, the levels of anxiety were, were through the roof, um, you know, maybe the social support not, not there as it has been in the past. And so some of the verses in the song like allude to that. Um, but, you know, we're, we're also just talking about general crises, right? Like housing, uh, which is such a big one in Kingston. Uh, the housing crisis is so serious. And on a, I guess on a positive note, you know, like the pandemic, they say there's opportunity in crisis. And certainly we're experiencing like an increased awareness of these crises, right? Like that people are, are so aware. And we noticed that with the Bell Park encampment, like the 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 conversation and the discourse and the you know the the discussions going on about housing is is really like more than I've ever seen since I've been living in Kingston so that's really positive right because I think our leaders are listening our counselors are listening and I don't know I'm I'm hoping that we're we're going to see more and more change which we are right we're with small things like the, what was happening at Artillery Park and now the integrated hub out on Montreal Street which is part of the KCHC support system and so things are happening and and um hopefully as we talk about them more and, and the awareness continues to raise that we'll continue to put pressure on on providing more and more services that are needed awesome okay thank you so much so for listeners who are just tuning in we've also been talking to Brittany kuto from street health today what are your thoughts greg on street health's impact on community building we have heard from Brittany about this let's hear your thoughts about it too yeah well um Street Health Center down on on Barrack Street, like they're just right in the heart of our neighborhood, right? Uh, and so we're really aware of um, how all the services that Brittany described, which I'm still learning, like, wow, what a what an incredible list of services that that are being offered. And like she said, despite the pandemic, you know, keeping the doors open and keeping that support happening. And so, um, yeah, I think these these kind of hubs uh of of support right where where there's many services in in particular spaces where the people are that need them they're just crucial right and and um and you know we experienced a bit of the spirit of that in bell park where like people congregated and helped each other out right and so these spaces like street health or the integrated care hub or like kchc on on weller avenue like they're just so essential to for especially during a time like Brittany was saying, where people are so isolated, mm -hmm. that there's still these hubs of act, of support that are operating, and that people can you know learn about word of mouth, and you know I just see that in 
out in the street and out and about, like knowing where you can go when you when you really need help. And so down on Barrack Street, there's a lot of services, a lot of help being offered. Uh, so it's essential for our neighborhood. Um, such a diverse neighborhood with so many diverse needs. Excellent. Thank you so much, Greg. Brittany, I'd love to bring it back to you and your thoughts on arts and artists and their importance in community building. Perhaps you can elaborate for us more on the benefits you see in nonprofit organizations collaborating with local artists more generally. What do you think? Well, I think it's a great opportunity to open up about um, sort of bringing awareness to the artists themselves, but then also collaborating and understanding what is happening on the front line and where the challenges are happening. It brings a public eye to what is happening around the community, just like Greg said. Um, it's never been so apparent than it has been with COVID. And I think as community service providers, what we're seeing is we're seeing a massive collaboration between service providers because the gaps have become so apparent during these times. And it offers the opportunity for artists to be able to express through words or through paintings or through songs, like what is happening on the front line. And I must say like the title emergency emergency just, it speaks to everything that we do every day. And what Greg was just describing, um, it really sunk in for me because that's what we do every day. We just move from one emergency to the next. Um, and when I first heard the title of the song, I was like, wow, this is perfect. We're in the emergency of a pandemic, but we have never left the emergency of the opioid crisis, right? So like, it really just fits together and it's being able to express that in a way that people can find meaningful. Can I just interact there, Dinah? I'm sorry to interrupt. I just really appreciated that point of like the other crises that are underneath COVID, you know, like the opioid crisis, the housing crisis, domestic violence crisis, you know, like that. that's really helpful to hear that perspective of just, you know, other the other crisis being revealed uh, during the COVID, you know, it's it's thank you for, for bringing that up, Brittany. Amazing. I love this dialogue. Greg, let's hear your thoughts more generally, too, about local artists and arts organizers working with nonprofit organizations. What are the benefits of these relationships for everybody as a whole in terms of uh, community building? Well, yeah, great question. And, and throughout um, my time of, of kind of organizing art related activities uh, in Kingston, by far, like the most successful, the most rewarding, the most satisfying have always been partner related. So anytime an organization, an arts organization or a community organization or artists or, you know, a school or whatever can can collaborate, it's just it makes it so much better. And and this is the case in this instance, you know, where we can um, introduce our people to each other uh, and we can increase awareness together and it just makes it more meaningful. But yeah, in general, I think, you know, artists are also uh, vulnerable at this time, like in terms of music, like we're, we're looking uh, across the country at, at, you know, the majority of music venues being at risk of closing, right? So it, in terms of music and people earning an income by performing, like, it's not looking good, right? But um, there, there are other opportunities. There's, there's other ways that we can you know, come at it at different ways. And I think partnerships are key, you know, like how we can reassess the spaces where art happens, how we can reassess the way that uh, different communities or different demographics can access art. And so 
the great thing about artists is, you know, you put them in an unusual circumstances like COVID and they are creative and they come up with, you know, really unique and um, interesting solutions, not solutions, but, you know, ways of dealing with, with these problems. And so I think, Donnie, getting back to your question, the more that we can facilitate uh, partnering in kind of like a community arts context of organizations and artists and that kind of community involvement, everyone will benefit. All right. Thank you so much. Now, we've touched on the hardships artists have faced in the past year during the pandemic. For example, not doing gigs, but even trying to rehearse together poses its own challenges for local musicians. So, Greg, what did it look like from composition to rehearsal to cutting a new single and performing it together? How did that work logistically? Well, it started kind of like what we're doing here, like the rest of the world, where <laughs> not people that do have access to computers, you know, we were able to uh, kind of start the creative process online and, 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 you know, like, well, let's take this opportunity to, to just start making music and writing songs remotely. And so we did that, uh, that started in the summer. And then it kind of, we started to get creative and we started to record in our backyards and, you know, in physically distanced ways. Um, we have recently um, been able to have physically distance rehearsals in churches. So there's another, like Kingston has an amazing abundance of beautiful acoustically sounding churches and, you know, their rentals aren't what they used to. So we have been fortunate enough to, to work out of the next church on Colburn to have some rehearsals. And so, yeah, that's the way we're doing it. And it's it's really unusual and strange. You know, we're just kind of going track by track on these songs, but we've got two great producers, Matt Rogalski and Jason Mercer, who's over on Wolf Island. And so we're in, we're super lucky, right? That we, for our own mental health too, right? We've got an art project to do during the winter months. And uh, I feel really lucky to be able to, to be making art during this time. Hmm, yeah, and you'd mentioned that the Gertrudes are working on their fourth album. Am I understanding that right? Yeah, that what started, uh, you know, like I said, in the um, just uh, an initiative as a result of the pandemic is now turning into a full length album project. So uh, we'll we'll continue to make songs and probably uh, be releasing a full length album towards the end of 2021. <laughs> Yay, this is very exciting. We've so missed the Gertrudes. Oh, thanks, Woohoo! The Gertrudes are back. Well, CFRC and... has always been super supportive. What well, a great we... interview this is. This is thank you so much. Oh yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. And and thank you for joining us. <laughs> so Brittany, uh, we're gonna turn it back to you. Where can listeners learn more about street health services and importantly, how they can access those services if they need to do so? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the best way to learn about our services, I would normally say just pop down and talk to someone, but uh, it's a little more difficult in the COVID times. So I think the best way would be to access our uh, website at www.kchc.ca. Mm -hmm. um, we are a part of the Kingston Community Health Centre, so we offer a multitude of services across many different um, sites and with many different programs. And then anyone who is um, looking for support with their substance use um, and looking for um, just some general support through uh, substance use and with Hep C or any questions they may have, they can feel free to call us at 613-549-1440. Great, thanks. Now, 
We did chat with Greg earlier in our show today about some of the ways in which the Gertrudes were able to start the work and get the single recorded in light of COVID-19 and the need for social or physical distancing. Brittany, perhaps you can shed some light on some of the challenges and, and ways your team has met those challenges at Street Health Centre in order to provide service in a safe way, not only for staff, but recipients of service too. What's been happening? Yeah, absolutely. So we are taking every precaution we can and learning from our colleagues in uh, within the city, but also outside the city within uh, the province. Um, so everyone is masked here. People are using their full PPE as needed. Uh, we do have screening protocols as people come through the door. Um, recently, due to the increase of cases, we have started doing more virtual um, appointments for those that can have access to virtual. Um, so that's folks calling in every day or um, you know just coming by we're still open we're still seeing people every day the other piece is with our consumption treatment services anyone can walk in there and be seen um, and get support for using substances on site um, so it's again the same thing of everyone's masked um, we will provide masks if people don't have access to masks um, and then we will take every precaution we can to make sure that everyone's safe in the community and when inside our building. Mm, okay, so Greg, back to you on the matter of the single emergency to emergency, which again, folks, the proceeds from the song go back to the Street Health Centre, which is such an amazing gift. So Greg, how can folks find this new single for purchase and ultimately donate to the Street Health Centre? I think... Um, the easiest way to purchase the song uh, with all proceeds going to the Street Health Center is to go to the Bandcamp site um, and just plug in the Gertrudes and you'll see the Emergency Emergency song come up and you can purchase it that way. Um, but I also want to encourage people um, to, uh, you don't have to purchase the song to get the money to Street Health Center. Um, you know, you can donate directly. And um, I've been told that, that you know, one way to do that is is if you wanna just cut a check to Kingston Community Health Centers and in the memo part, uh, write Street Health Center, that'll get the money directly to Street Health Center and, and, this, and you know, where it's needed if there's services there. But um, yeah, there's, you know, you can you can listen to the song on, on many different channels like iTunes and uh, Spotify and, uh, you know, where you'd usually probably get your music online. And even right here on CFRC today. Uh, on CFRC 101.9 FM. Uh, so yeah, lots of ways to hear the music, but the you know the key thing for us is is uh, it just being a tool to to uh, get some money um, during a, an increased demand uh, at the Street Health Center. Fantastic. So do either of you have anything else to add before we end the show today? I just wanted to say thank you to Greg and the Gertrudes and the whole team for this initiative. We couldn't be any more grateful, especially with everything happening right now. And um, the donations will be going right to clients to support with new winter clothes and boots and hygiene products and everything that they need to stay safe and warm during this pandemic. Cool. I'd like to thank Brittany for all the incredible work that, that you're doing down there during such a challenging and stressful time and and you know hats off to all the the frontline workers the essential workers that are working so hard uh to their families and friends who are supporting them and uh to all your clients best wishes um and we'll we'll look forward to working with you more in the future and Dinah, this yeah like i said what a great interview i've learned so much so thanks for facilitating this conversation yeah mm -hmm. yes it's been a real pleasure and thank you both for joining us i think our listeners 
really are learning quite a lot today about the amazing services that are supporting our most vulnerable people right here in our city. And it's important that everyone is aware that these services exist and that they support these services, just as it is important to learn about combating stigma directed at vulnerable community members and to also develop a greater appreciation for the collaborative work that artists and Arts organizations are doing as well with our nonprofit organizations in order to build our community, make it a more inclusive community, and make it a more accessible community for all to enjoy. So yeah, it's it's been a real pleasure speaking with both of you today on all of these matters, and thank you so, so much. And from all of us here at CFRC, have a safe and happy holiday break. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences. 